0: Alright, so your music artist was planned to take over the world, huh? Oh, hell yeah! Absolutely. Well, let us show you someone just like you. Let's go! Welcome to the I Am Northbound podcast. podcast. Your guide to dominating the new music industry. Hey, what is up, y'all? It's Jason here and welcome to another episode of the I Am Northbound Showcase. Now, this episode I got here for you today was super fun and super cool with a super cool human being, uh, Liz Manchin from Liz and the Lions. She is a great example of someone who thinks connection first and cares more about making a difference in the lives of her listeners than anyone else on a level that most don't even consider. So, I wanted to get her on the show to kind of chat a little bit about how she goes about doing that. Uh, She's often touring some multiple countries and doing really, really cool stuff and helping a ton of people everywhere through a really cool setup that she's, uh, this this fictional world she's created outside of her music that uh, is eventually leads to self-development. Anyway, Liz talks about it <laughs> uh, way better than I could explain it in this tiny little intro. So, without further ado, let's just get into that. So, we're here today with a good friend of mine who has been around. When I talk about OGs of the podcast, I'm speaking specifically with this girl of mine. This is Liz Manchin from Liz and the Lions. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing fantastic. Hello. So,
0: this is the power of the internet, right? We're all isolated at the moment. I'm here in the offices of Listen Pages HQ in Australia, but you're all, all, you're all the way over in Germany, right? Right. Nuremberg, Germany. And this is my little office right now. Right. So greetings from Germany. Yeah. But astute listeners will hear that that's not a German accent. So where are you from originally?
1: <laughs> yes. Um, I am actually an American. I was born in DC and raised in Orlando, Florida.
0: Could, this, is a, this is a side question. D.C., yeah. that's District of Columbia, right? Yeah. Does that mean Washington?
1: Washington, D.C., that's right.
0: Isn't isn't there something else that's, I can't remember, but there's something else I heard that I was like, there's like two Washingtons or something, and it's really yeah, confusing to me. Yeah, there's
1: the Washington me. State and then the District of Columbia.
0: Right, there we go. Because every time I hear about Washington, D.C. and Washington, and they're two different places, and I'm like, that's really confusing right. to me. But, I mean, yeah. I guess that we was George like, Washington. It's so.
1: complicated in the United States. <laughs>
0: That's really funny. So what brought you uh, from America over to Germany?
1: I came over in 2008. Oh, so long ago. um, To do a photo school and it was a six month long photo school where you learned to um, do photography in different countries. And we actually spent a few months in Germany and then we went to Chad, Africa and Ethiopia. Um, And then from there, I actually started a nonprofit with my now husband who is German and just ended up staying here and traveling around the world from there.
0: So has music been uh, a, like integrated throughout your life or was there a clear chapter in your life in which you uh, started to pick it up and start writing?
1: Yeah, I started, I've always been doing something with music. I mean, I've been, you know, I was the four-year-old standing in my grandmother's kitchen singing Elvis Presley right um, very strange uh, <laughs> but I started writing songs when I was I think ten and then performing and when I came over to Germany, it was after having a band in the states and and recording and I just kind of needed a pause I felt like I needed a different direction of what I was doing with music and i I found this photo school and I'm really not a photographer, but something about it just very, very strongly stood out to me that I just needed to go there and I needed to to be part of this. And so I left college, I left my work, I left my music, I left everything, and I got on this plane within like two weeks, and I came to Germany. Um, and I did I did this course, and it it's not really that the course necessarily changed everything for me, but just the experience of how can you use art to to make a difference,
0: right? Um, Is your creativity that, shining through it all?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And just, and I think just kind of, what do I want to do with music? What is, you know, rather than it just, I I think I was at this place where everything was kind of about me, you know, it was just getting on the stage and it was telling, you know, my story so that I would get the praise. And, and it was just not really the direction I felt like that was called to be doing. Um, and I think a lot of things changed for me in, when I was in Chad, actually, and that kind of changed the direction I wanted to go with music. And then after that, I started Liz and the Lions um, right. and started using the music to um, raise awareness about uh, projects going on in developing countries, about trying to connect people to um, things going on globally, but also just really empowering people to be like Lions.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's the thing that uh, knowing you, I have to admit, listeners, I knew those things. I just wanted you to know these things (laughs) so it's good to get you caught up to speed because I was trying to get the two stories going separately so we could could find that point of intersection because your music is more than just music and that's exactly why I wanted to get you on the showcase is because it's not just you playing acoustic music and singing. There is so much more to it that, that adds so many more dimensions outside your music that is making a real difference around the world. And when I see you play live, it's never like I'm just playing live at my local pub. It's always, hey, I'm going to India for the weekend or wherever in Africa or <laughs> over here, or wherever there. Like you really do a lot around the world with different uh, people yeah. and that kind of thing. A lot of it is centered around this core idea of Liz and the lions. So mm-hmm. can you go inside a little bit more? What's the separation between Liz and the lions and how do you translate that to the, your listeners and the community aspect that you're building?
1: I I'm really passionate about helping people become lions. I'm passionate about helping myself become a lion. I never feel like I've become one. I'm, it's always about the journey of, yeah, becoming the lion.
0: Um, and what, what does and it mean I, to become a lion?
1: I think for me, it's about learning to live the most wild and free and brave calling of your life. Right. Um, yep. And figuring out how to to take all that fear and take all those anxieties and take all that pressure that the world has on us and and rise above it and become brave and, and keep moving forward. Um, so I always say, I, I'm not naturally a very brave person, but I am very passionate about knowing how to become one right. and helping others become one.
0: So and Liz so and the I lions isn't people would assume that Liz and the lions being that your bandmates are the lions, right. but the, the, right. the lions, it's a community behind your music
1: everybody is a lion. Everybody yeah, can really be cool. a lion. And so when I, we, I've had seasons where I've played with the band and they call themselves Alliance. I've had seasons where I've played by myself, but it's always for me about helping other people become a lion. So yes. whether you're in the audience and you're listening or you're listening at home on, on, you know, your Walkman or you're in, um, in India and I'm coming there and helping it's, it's about empowering people to be, to be lions and to find their strength inside of that.
0: Yeah. That's amazing. Cause I mean, I mean, I preach this in my book about um, like, like how to stop people in their feeds and get them curious. And if you're just another music artist with an acoustic guitar singing along, you're going to fall into the crowd. And the reason that I wrote certain things in the book is because I learned them along the way. And you were definitely one of the artists that inspired or contributed to my my writings, I guess, when I talked about how to capture attention in feeds, because one of the things that you did to to not just be, with all due respects, another acoustic singer-songwriter, which there are plenty of, is you positioned yourself. I remember the exact thing I saw in my feed from you was uh, you released a film clip where everyone was wearing animal masks, but they were done in like a really illustrative and Decorative way, they weren't like. Um, yeah. Just for listeners hearing this, they they weren't like a like a taxidermy mask, like a real. They weren't grotesque. They were like uh, <laughs> not so much paper mache, but, but were they paper mache? They were like a really arty.
1: Yeah, they're star. paper mache.
0: Oh and right, right, okay.
1: Painted on, yeah. We, and there's and like I've,
0: yeah a fox and stuff, if I remember correctly, or something like that.
1: Yeah. Well, that's the thing is that I I'm always working with not just lions but also other animals and kind of what they portray and their characteristics to also kind of push my message in different top like subjects and topics that we're talking about. So I, I use, um, foxes, I use whales, I use wolves, I use possums, I use bats and moths, um, to just talk about different, yeah, characteristics that we're all dealing with, whether it's fear or it's anxiety or fear of confrontation. Um, you know, I use the term possuming out because it's the idea of like when possums, um, are confronted with their, their enemies are, you know, coming to attack them, they just, they completely freeze and they go, you know, they pretend like they're dead. And that's, for me, that translated into, man, I, I do that so often when somebody confronts me with something that I don't want to deal with. Mm. I just, I'm like, I pass them out, you know, I'm like, I'm not here, I freeze, I'm just going to be the peacemaker. And I'm not going to deal with it. And it's kind of using those animals to also kind of show, okay, this is where we're at. We're, we're possuming out, but we really want to get to being more like a lion who isn't afraid of confrontation and and dealing with things.
0: I think, I think that's such a, such a cool way of categorizing behavior with animal types because it's like they talk about this with metaphors and those type of things. Like like why metaphors are so important is because you can immediately associate all the additional characteristics that you're not putting into words by using specific things. So if you just say the word lion, you're not just saying the word lion, you're saying all the characteristics of a lion and that's that, that flows well with your branding and your synergy. And I mean that's just awesome in, in like in a community regard. But on top of yeah. all of that, you like it's it's not just about the music for you. So you're a, um, a an illustrator as well, and you've I've seen a lot of your work. And it's not just for this new EP that we'll talk about in a second, or the, the your latest EP at the moment that you've got out. It's it's pre- present in all of your work, and it's something that you're expanding into outside and stuff like that. But can you talk a little about? Uh, why music artists should look to other skill sets or even if they aren't capable of doing it themselves, their vision, bringing it to life through other skill sets, even if other people have to do it to add further yeah. context to their music.
1: Well, I, I look at myself as a storyteller. Yeah. So whether I'm using that in, in song or in illustration um, or writing or whatever it is, I'm, I'm telling stories and those stories are what I want to connect with people on. So if I can use as many different mediums as possible to, to bring that story, to bring that message to people, then I also have that many more avenues to connect to people. And, you know, I, I always say that a really good message, a five-year-old can understand it and a nine year old can understand it. And they can come to, I want, and I want that different differentiation of age range coming to my concerts and being like, I got something out of this. I want that five-year-olds can come and they can put, you know, the fox mask on and they can get something out of it. And I want someone, you know, who's, you know, mothers and and fathers and CEOs or whatever, everyone to come and find something. And what I found was everybody understands animals. Yeah. You know, you can't you can't put a religion or or you know politics or your worldviews on an animal. They just are what they are but we can learn from them and we can find something out of them. And so I, I really love the concept of, of bringing them in. So animals need to also be visual. They need to be tangible they need something you can connect with. So I started doing these illustrations. Um, every, actually I have an sample here. Every album has a little storybook in it with all the illustrations that you can uh, yeah. go through. And it has the lyrics, but it kind of gives you a more of an understanding of the story behind the
0: song. This is what um, I'm talking about. Like I talk about it in the 40s Songwriter is setting a core brand direction that communicates your music when people aren't listening to it. And that's something you have down. And that's actually when I was writing that, I was thinking about your album specifically, is that your illustrations, when they come up in my feed, I hadn't heard your music at that point, but it already kind of made me curious about what your music sounded like. And then when I found that your music supported the images because it wasn't contrasting, it was, it synergized. Um, yeah. It, that's at that point, Um, like at that, that's, that's where I like at that point it was like supreme cognitive fluency and just made me immediately like the music as well. And therefore, when I saw your illustrations in the future, it made me step closer to war connection with your music because I associated the whole thing as one package rather than needing to hear your music to move forward. You you touched on it uh, just a few moments ago about your live shows and your live shows aren't the conventional live shows. I'm assuming that people listening right now are probably thinking that you have, uh, like, like a normal live show, like everyone else does, but that's where it gets interesting. So you take your vision outside your music and outside of the illustrations and to your live shows as well. It becomes part of that as well.
1: Yeah. And they always look a little bit different, um, depending on the album and and what's the message, you know, we, like I said, we used to have, when it was full band, we, everyone would wear masks and and then we'd have a, a point in our show where we'd you know, we'd put the mask in front and we would say, this is what we're talking about. And if anybody feels like a wolf today, if anybody's feeling like a possum today, you can, you know, you can come put the mask on. Um, And what I've been doing a lot lately in my concerts, which I just adore is, is creating these atmospheres of really being able to just talk to the audience and get them to talk and engage. And so it's, I would say 50% of it is, is playing the songs, but the other 50% is telling the stories and the meaning behind it. Yes, Um, having more dialogue with people. And what I, I think the whole idea is to, to create a world, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I don't want to create a world of Liz and lions. It's about me. I want to create a world where everybody feels safe coming into this world and learning more about themselves and being a lion and so that when we come out of that world and go back into the, you know, reality, we, we take something from it. And so you have to create a world with, yeah, your atmosphere and and your visuals and, and all your senses is, is possible. And if I have, you know, a tiny little stage at a cafe, I want to be able to figure out how to create that atmosphere. Or if I have a huge stage with a 1000 people there, I want to create that atmosphere. But I think it's just about knowing what you want to create in that season and that little tiny time frame that you have and then get people to engage in it.
0: Absolutely. Because I, I really think that music artists will, even if they like, put the effort in to expand their ideas, at, like outside, they create a vision outside their music, put it, like if they do it through their visuals or music videos or whatever, if they create the world, they still just, default to a normal live performance where it's we play songs and you listen, but you, you realize that your vision is to create empowerment amongst music, uh, your, your listeners of your music, I should say. So you do that through every medium, including your live shows to the point where it becomes less of a live show. Even when you talk about technically to make it more into your actual motivation and therefore the whole thing gets lifted up, which is just incredible. Yeah. So you just said, and I want to encourage music. If you're listening out there, try to ask yourself, how on earth do I take my vision to my live show, to do it more at a live show, yeah. even if it means breaking yeah. the format a little. But um, you said before just uh, about depending on the message of the album. So your new album, mm-hmm. I, I say new, it's been out for a little while now, but it's, uh, it's, yeah. it's something that is entirely relevant to what we're all going through at the moment. And I think it's a really good opportunity here with, um, this, uh, single that you've, you've, that you were telling me about is that, and the message behind it is that how music artists can take content they've already written, but reapply it to specific circumstances.
1: Yeah. So this, this album is called Treasures of the Cave. And I'll explain a little bit about what, where that name came from. Um, I was going through a really, really tough season in my life where there was, it was very dark and it was very lonely. And there was just a lot of things falling apart. Um, I lost in a very, very short period of time, um, several family members and loved ones and even mentors, they they died, they passed away. Uh, My work got really crazy, relationships were falling apart. My health kind of took a huge toll and my husband and I were actually in the process of an adoption. And just left and right, things were falling apart. And it was just it was it was kind of like one of those seasons where you're like, generally, one of these things is hard enough to handle, but all of this at the yeah. same time is, is insane. Um, and I kept saying, "I feel like I'm in a cave. I feel like I'm in this dark, lonely, you know, scary cave. And I have no idea how to get out of this. And that's all I wanted to do was, was get out of it. And when you're in a, in a season of grief and pain and brokenness, you just are like, when is it going to end? When are we getting out of this? Um, and I found that being in that cave, it was terrifying and it was really lonely. And, but then something kind of switched in me and, and said, what is the season about? What can I find while I'm in this cave? What are the treasures that I can find in the cave that I'm only going to find if I embrace the cave? And I just started writing these songs and I had never had any intention of actually um, producing them. I just wrote them to kind of make sense of what, what the cave was. Right. And then I, one day I just decided to, to play some of them at the show and the response that I had from people was nuts. It was like you under- You're telling my story, but the, you know this is mine. This is my story. This is exactly how I'm feeling. I I'm living in a cave, and I'm living in this darkness. Um, and it, I started thinking, okay, I think I need to do something with this. And so I created the album Treasures of the Cave. Here we go again. <laughs> um, and it, it's all about that. It's all about finding your treasures and the goodness and and the things that you're only going to find if you embrace the darkness and you embrace the pain and the grief and you stop trying to run from it, which is kind of what we're all dealing with right now. And, and, uh, the middle of this pandemic,
0: I think. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what I'm talking about with like external context making you want to listen to me. Because I'm anyone who's listening right now. Like, are you more pumped to hear that EP now than if I just said at the very start she's got an EP out when you didn't know anything about her. That's the power of telling your story and your motivation behind. It. If you have a good one and you resonate, and the people who resonate with that message, I bet they're googling you right now. Like, are looking up how to find you right now? Um, specifically speaking, you were talking about that <laughs> before the phase. Like, hopefully, they find good oh, stuff. Google. <laughs> <laughs> that's true it's so weird it's it's such a such a strange thing to google anyone else that you know
1: it's like googling yourself at like 3 a.m oh my gosh
0: i didn't even know you could google my name and when you do it brings up a youtube channel that i never post to so that's good <laughs> so it looks like i do nothing but oh well it doesn't bring up all the stuff i actually work on um specifically speaking you have one single at the moment that aligns yeah. very much so with what we're all going through at the moment
1: yeah yeah we will be okay that is kind of the, the anthem of, of this album and, and for me, my life. And I just had a lot of people writing me lately saying, Liz, I've been listening to this song over and over again, you know, while being at home and and being in lockdown. And um, it's really, it's really helped. And the whole message of the song is saying, yeah, even in the craziest and hardest times, even in the, these, you know, we, I think everyone's home right now might even feel like a cave, you know, you, and generally when you're in the season of a cave, you don't choose to go into it. You know, you're forced yeah, to interesting.
0: go into a cave. Yeah, interesting. You're, so
1: we're all kind of forced to be at home. We're all forced to, to be at lockdown. We don't know when we're getting out of this. We don't know when we come back out of it, what is the world going to look like on, on the other side of this? Hmm. Um, which is exactly what this EP is about. What is it going to be like when I get out of this cave? But it's the let's, it's not that I'm saying like, let's, let's just, Stay in this and and it's the best thing ever, but it's saying, this is a hard time. The whole world is grieving. The whole world is, has fear and anxiety. What can we learn in this time? What can we learn at home with our families and and this pause and this rest in this? um, Yeah. Where, and where do we find our hope um, when everything feels hopeless? Um, And I have found that even in the darkest times, as long as you are continuing to hold on to your hope, you can literally get through anything. And because hope is the one thing that nobody can take away from you. You can lose your job. You know, the world can take your job. It can take your health. It can take your family. It can take anything from you, literally anything, but it cannot take your hope. It's the only thing you possess that you have control over giving away or keeping. And and I think right now the world just needs to hold on to the hope and knowing that Yeah, I'm not going to give that. Like that is my biggest treasure I can I can have in this season, and I'm not going to let it go. And no longer how, no matter how long we're in this cave and on lockdown, I'm going to hold on to it because I know we're going to be okay.
0: That's amazing. I've always thought this is getting deep about what I think about life, but I've always thought that the meaning behind life, if you were to find one specifically, is a purpose. I feel like the people who don't have, like when people go through straight depression, and the, the people who are usually. Depending if it's uh, chemically, uh, if you're chemically imbalanced at that time, or if it's something that is residual of your surroundings, but I I usually find, not always, but I seem to see a pattern. The pattern is that the pattern is no purpose, and or at least a lack of direction toward a purpose. And I feel that as soon as you find a reason to do something again, you start to find your. Yeah. your need and your, how necessary you are for for the people around you to get those things done i even heard yeah. someone say one time that if for someone who is going through depression their advice is they're a clinical psychologist and they said um pick up that stack of wood and move it over there you know what i mean like it's um yeah, yeah. it's it's not anything but you've just done you've got you've actually just done what you like some work and it actually serves a purpose but you're right hope is above that like it's it's not just about purpose it's about the hope comes from, if you have a purpose, you're working to war because you have a hope that yeah. things will get better. So you're absolutely right. Hope is, I think it kind of drives the world really. That's why anyone it's does your, anything because I hope for a better future.
1: It's your biggest weapon. Yeah. You know, I mean, even in a season, I think a lot of people right now feel like I don't have purpose. I, you know, a lot of people have lost their jobs. A lot of people at home, they they're not doing their, the normal things every single day that they think gives them their purpose. Yeah. Whereas, now we're we're all going, we have a choice with that. We're going, okay, so am I just purposeless? Am I just sitting here for nothing? Or what am I holding on to? And it, I always say that hope is your biggest weapon and it's the most dangerous thing that you can have because generally when everything goes dark, it's when you want to give away your hope. But holding on to it and not knowing when the light's coming back on, not knowing when we can go back outside, not knowing when we're going to get in, out of the cave, but saying, no, I am holding on to hope that we're going to be okay. That is what is going to defeat, you know, the anxiety and the fear and the depression and letting our minds go to those, those really hard places. So, yeah.
0: so yeah. Hope really is the it. lightness. Hope is the light that keeps the darkness away. That's pretty cool. Yes. So yeah. for people that want to hear this track, where can they find it? Where can they find more about you? This is awesome. I'm sold. I'm going to go listen to your EP now. You so graciously and very, it was such a nice thing. You sent me a copy of it a while back and I've got it here in the <laughs> office.
1: Like, really Jason, you haven't listened to it yet.
0: No, no I've definitely, um, I've heard it. The thing is, it was the, the, before I went to even grab it so that when you lifted yours up that I could lift mine up too. But the problem was, is that it was actually on my old bookshelf that I just sold. So I have moved it back to the drawer somewhere and it'd be too long. i would waste the episode trying oh, to get it. it I okay. wanted to do the uh, big reveal with you at the same time. <laughs> oh
1: Everyone, feel the screens. Um, okay you can listen to on every you know music platform iTunes Spotify everything you can find me on Instagram listen in the lions my website Liz the lions.com. you'll also find artwork there um and i can also send anybody who wants one a physical cd because i everyone says oh man it's the digital age why do you keep making physical albums do i say the physical age it's the digital age digital age i know you mean. I, what did i say um because I love that someone can walk away from my concert or, you know, buying this and have an actual storybook that they can, they can go through and they can get something out of. And I think that's, it's that it's being tangible with something, an experience that you can tangibly walk out with something is precious. So.
0: That's the exact same reason. And I think it's a really good point because I have it here in the office. And when I see it, I think of you as an artist. And that's something that a lot of digital artists don't have because you have to come across their feet when the algorithm should. So I'm going to play a bit of the song now for everyone to check out on the way out. But I can tell you, oh, there's a truck going by, of course. Uh, I can tell you now that if you haven't checked out Liz's stuff, this is just the tip of the iceberg. It goes so much further than this and you have to go check her out. Thanks so much for being on the show.
1: Thank you for having me. Have a great day, Lions. That we will be okay.